Ruth Day. I'm the recovery coach, and I am here to empower, inspire, and motivate you to finding a better life. I'm here sharing my passion for recovery in hopes that it'll help you realize that you're not alone on this path and that there is hope and there is life after recovery. We're going to talk. We are just going to talk. But you're going first. Yeah, I'm going to go first. Okay, you go first. Right. Great. Okay, so now we're just like, we're starting up. Okay. Okay, so, hi, I'm Ruth Day, and I am sitting here on Navy Pier with one of my favorite people in the world, Catherine Elliott, and full disclosure here, she would have been one of my favorite people anyway, but she is my oldest daughter. So we're hanging out here. First place, first place, first place. First place. First Don't, place. You know, it's a good thing that Liz doesn't <laughs> listen to my podcast. <laughs> so we're about to do one of our favorite things, which is to go see a production at the Shakespeare Navy Pier. We're going to go see the King's Speech, but we thought, we thought, I thought that we would do our interview for the podcast before we went in. So... Hi, Catherine. How are you tonight? Hello. Do I call you Ruth or do I still call you mom? You still have to call me mom. Okay. Hello, um, mom. How are you today? I'm I'm awesome. So here, we're going to toss out a couple of questions to put you at ease because, you know, being interviewed by your mother on Navy Pier could, you know, maybe be a little anxiety producing. I'm I'm actually a little anxious even though I can see these questions. I know. She already knows that I'm going to ask her. I'm still... So one of the things that I think is really cool about Catherine is that she is a a big foodie and has worked in some amazing restaurants in Chicago under some amazing people. And one of the ways that that has affected my life is I get to eat some really, really good food. (laughs) Anybody who knows me knows that eating is one of my favorite things. So I'm going to put you on the spot here, Catherine, and I want you to tell me maybe three or five of your favorite things to order and the restaurants in Chicago to order them from? I, as I said, I've had this question in front of me for about five minutes. I was still drawing a blank. So before I worked there, I loved going to Little Goat Diner in the West Loop. It's under Stephanie Izard. Oh, she's awesome. She's really great. She's just opened a new taqueria in the United Center called This Little Goat. And so that'll be coming shortly. But one of my favorite things about Little Goat is that that you can eat breakfast at 1030 at night, which as a person who was working nights, that was always like, okay, great. I'm going to go get pancakes at midnight. Um, The thing that is my go-to comfort order at Little Goat is their bullseye French toast, which is their onion brioche with an egg in the middle. It comes with chicken, uh, bacon maple syrup, and strawberries. Okay. I usually just ask for regular maple syrup, and it's still just as good. It's also enormous, and I like that you can share. For, okay. Yeah. I'm trying okay. to think. <laughs> There's our Little Goat. There's our Little Goat. So let's hear another place. Uh, My favorite restaurant right now is Handlebar. Uh, It's down the street from my house. It's a vegetarian, vegan bar dive kind of a situation. Oh, is that the one we went to? Yeah, the one with the... What did you have there? I don't know, but it was awesome. They make the best vegan biscuits and gravy this side of anything. Oh, I love that place. We Um, should go. We should go again for the eighth time. They also have really good fried pickles because they come in spears. I like Spears. And then my new favorite thing besides Handlebar is Demo's Pizza, which is in the Wicker Park, Bucktown area off of the Six Corners. 
and it's vegan pizza and you can get non-vegan pizza too but they have a vegan mac and cheese pizza oh, that yeah. i really really like and they, they give you vegan ranch to eat with it too if you're feeling you know okay we need to go there too yes we need to go there those are my top three right now all right yeah okay so now hopefully the background noise isn't too loud here we've got a helicopter going overhead and planes um so one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about was if you could go back to your 18-year-old or maybe even your 16-year-old self with all your vast wisdom here at, how old are you now? I'm 26. You're 26. Didn't you birth me? <laughs> I know. I know. Remember you know my exact date of birth, I, I, I my remember. exact time. That's right, because you are my firstborn and I remember everything. When was Liz born? Sometime in the summer. There you go. <laughs> But if you could go back to your 18-year-old self, so that's a whopping eight years ago. That's See how I did that math? Thank you. That's that, very great. I, I'm impressed with myself. 18, that means my college reunion is in two years. That's right. So what would you tell your 18-year-old self? Um, it's a lot of things I would tell my 18-year-old self. But I suppose the short, like, too long, don't read version is it's totally okay that you didn't go to a four-year school um, because right now you don't have any debt and you learned a lot more about the world from not being at school um, I would tell them that I, would, I think I've told my 18 year old self that it was like it was totally okay to kind of wander through instead of have like I find myself more now being a lot more organized, a little bit more type A as I've gotten older, a little bit, I've cared a little bit more about like domestic things and tidiness and I care about the, how the dishwasher is arranged now. Oh my God. I know, but, um, <laughs> but when I was 18, I did not care about those yeah, things. I, and I, I was I like- can, Yeah, I can say that that's a true story. <laughs> I can also, I would also say that like my, um, one of my, 18-year-old big regrets was all my friends are going to a four-year school and I'm not and I was sad about that and it wasn't for lack of finances or funds or like I'm sure we would have been able to you know take out loans and make it work and we had the college fund and whatever it wasn't like a big deal but I was so upset about it so I was like oh I'm going to guess I'm going to community college where I met some of my best friends right um I learned how much I want to study ethics and law and how it's been eight years since I was studying ethics and law and how I'd still like to study ethics and law. Um, so yeah, I guess the yeah, short version is you don't have to feel ashamed for not doing what everyone else is doing. Even though you'd really like to do what everyone else is doing, you really do not have to. So that's kind of profound. Oh, that, thank you. You know, you don't have to be doing what everybody else is doing. But of course, there is that pressure. And mm -hmm. I don't think that's the case if you're, I mean, I think that's the case whether you're 18, 28, 38, 48, 58, is somehow we oh, think yeah. that we need to be doing what we think everybody else is doing. And we start judging our progress by what everybody else's life looks yeah. like on the outside. Mm -hmm. and, and especially because of social media. Oh my God! Yeah, social media. I was uh, I was talking about that recently, 
and about how if you look at my personal social media account, mostly it looks like I eat out with you or go out for fancy coffee. I mean, that's what it looks like I do. Right. But that's what I do. But that's what I mean. That's, but that's <laughs> what we post. I also <laughs> like to tell people that I'm doing it. Yeah, but I, mean, I have that's a whole Instagram highlight that is just like weird places I've gotten coffee. Ooh, nice. Yeah, well, I, I actually could do that. I have a well, I have spots. a friend that when we, we that I've known since I was about sixteen, but we met. Oh, you met Cat? Yeah, yeah. Cat and I had been. Um, we rekindled our friendship three or four years ago, and we did that by meeting at different coffee shops all over the city. So now I like to say I've been to all the coffee shops in Chicago because of Cat. Probably. Wow. Cat's always like, let's go to this coffee shop. I'm like, what? How are there more of these? How are there more? Exactly. But the thing about Instagram is everybody's putting up the cool things that they do and you get to take three or four pictures and then decide which one looks the best. Like the picture we took of ourselves and we just took some pictures of the skyline too and I said, well now I'll have to go and edit these and make it look like I'm having a fabulous evening. <laughs> Outside. Which, which, I, which I am. Which I am. Which I, I absolutely am. I just want to say that I am. I am. I don't want anyone to think that we don't have fun. <laughs> but also I think what's important to, to look at when you look at other people's social media is that that's a highlight reel. Yeah. You know, I'm not posting me staring at my kitchen when it's a mess. And I'm not, you know, posting me staring at the pile, you know, the pile of papers that I cannot seem to get a, a handle organizing. The pile or, of clothes on my floor that are it. definitely clean. Although I did post you organizing the files on my computer because I was so damn relieved that someone had come in and helped me with it. Well, yeah, I'd do that again. It was fun. As I said, I've somehow turned into, I've embraced whatever Virgo moon you somehow habitually gave me. Ah, and now isn't that it's, awesome? It's, it's mine now. Isn't that awesome? And I made a chore wheel the other day. Oh my god, a chore wheel? I did. Here, show me my questions. Oh, yeah, there we go. Um, oh, here, I got it. You got that You're for me? So yeah, we're, we are working so well together. I know. Sometimes it's like we're the same person. What a collab, am I right? I know, I know. <laughs> Catherine is my mini me. That's true. All right, so. Moving on, what are you really curious or passionate about right now? Right now, in, in, I always come back to something that actually Dad says about me and that probably you've said about me before, but I tell Dad what I'm reading and he goes, are you interested in nothing? <laughs> is there nothing that does not interest you? That's quite, that is quite accurate. Because I told him I was reading a book a couple years ago and I was like, oh, I'm reading this book about... Um, the like racial divide between housing and it's called it's like the racial housing divide between Milwaukee and Chicago and how that all works and then I just I have a book in my backpack right now that's about the reformation of Victorian medicine and I also have a book at my apartment about the prevalence of methamphetamines and opiates in the Nazi regime which is super interesting it's called Blitzed by Norman Oler who spent six years in the Nazi archives so if you want to read a lot about that, it's really cool. Um, right? I bet, I bet that's something I've always thought was just amazing about you is the number of things that you're interested in. Thank and you. just how fast and quick and informed your brain is. You know, this is, this is the person that, um, I don't know, was it during the summer 
you're up on the rooftop reading, read, sorry, reading The Hunchback of Notre Dame for oh, yeah. fun. Oh, I was reading like this. Rereading, I want to say as well. I read it. Yeah, I really liked Hunchback. Um, right, not, not a lot of people <laughs> say that. I really, I started Les Mis and I had to skip a couple chapters because Hugo just talks. He does. But um, my interest right now for things right now, I am very passionate about meal prep right now, actually. And like, that's a thing that I've, because I've been able, I've been stepping away from culinary like savory culinary spaces to do more pastry and bread oh my god that and pie i know you've, ru- you've ruined me i can't have regular i know pie the now. well i know the pie recipe so we can do it all okay. the time all right but we have um i've stepped away from doing more recipe building so when i do meal prep i'm able to you know build recipes that i really like and learn more things tarly my partner just went to um Jewel yesterday and he came back and he said hey I bought you this array of things make me some stuff oh I saw you po- you posted on social media about <laughs> that um, so which was actually really fun I made him a three course dinner um, oh my god when can we do that uh, when I'll, I, I'll when go I, buy you <laughs> random things and you can cook for me well Charlie also bought them in the same wheelhouse like he bought apples and dill and brussels sprouts sweet potatoes uh or he brought he had a sweet potato he brought a shallot because i asked and he gave me a protein which was salmon oh and he was like the dill is the one that's supposed to be weird and i was like i no not really but it's not weird it's not weird does he so, not watch iron chef does he not no. understand what a weird and peanut brittle in there might have been weird yeah right yeah. so right now meal prep is something i'm very passionate about i am also very passionate about I've been reading a lot of books about the reformation of medicine and the how disease control has, you know, gotten bigger, more exciting. Uh, I just finished a podcast called This Podcast Will Kill You, which talks about the epidemiology of big plagues and, like, the history of vaccinations, which was really interesting. Um, so that's a thing I'm also... I was just, I don't want to interrupt, but no, I was going to say, my thoughts trailing off. That's okay, but it's one of the things that I know you are very passionate about is being an ally. Yes, that is a thing I'm very that passionate is, about. You, you post about that. What did you have a mini TED talk that you put up on Instagram oh, about? I been, oh, right, about how I have to keep um, reminding straight men in particular that as a queer bisexual person just because I'm in a relationship with a man it doesn't mean I've picked men you've picked the person I've picked the the person not the gender yeah because Charlie I was gonna say because Charlie and I talk about women that we both find attractive all the time (laughs) so it's a very nice bonding experience I uh, yeah I am very passionate about um those things I'm passionate about registering to vote which I've done. Hey, thanks for registering to vote. Hey. I, can't, I can't vote, so you right. guys should all I, register to vote. I became an American citizen a few months ago. She did. Just so I could vote. She did. Yes, we're Canadian. My friend is Australian and just got her green card again, but she's applying for dual citizenship. Yeah. So she can yeah. vote. So I can vote. So yes, be an ally. Be an ally. Register to vote. So This has been the queer agenda all along. Put me on a recovery podcast so I can tell you to vote. That's that's what we're here. We're trying to get you to vote. 
but also, you know, to treat people half decently and not make assumptions. Like one yes. of the things that you have on your name tags and on all your email um, signatures is your pronouns. It's because it normalizes pronouns for people that are afraid to put their pronouns up. If they are, I have a friend that I've known since high school who uses they, them pronouns, and I've just, they have their pronouns up everywhere, and so I felt, I was like, oh, I should put my pronouns up, and they said that, like, cis people having their pronouns up, it's like, makes it normal, helps the conversation, you know. I've been right. to, I've been to a couple events in the city where the person who's introduced themselves at the event is like, my name is so-and-so, and I use XYZ pronouns. Um, I've been to several, actually, like, several house parties hosted by my old roommate, where we introduced ourselves and said pronouns. Right. Yeah, Ruth Ruth did that. We did that at the uh, foundations tour as well. Yeah, yeah, we, we we have done that. And then at the camp in the summer, the the group that we oh, yeah. yeah we all have our pronouns. That's on exciting. Our, on I didn't our know name that. tags. Yeah, yeah, we all do. I like that. <laughs> I know. Sometimes we do all right. I know. Yeah, and just it, trying to know, make a difference, you know. Well, and I think what's been really remarkable is all of this is newer to me. And yeah. what I appreciate is you and your friends and everybody being patient and explaining to me again and again and reminding me when I slip up, but reminding me with a, a lot of patience and love that that's a they, them, mm -hmm. right? Mom, have you put your pronouns down? No? All right. You should put your pronouns down. You should also always, I try and do this a lot is to refer to people before you assume their gender as like they them just in case they right. do use they them right. and that way you're not misgendering them without even giving them a shot well and it's so much easier you know if you do i was reading something out loud the other day and, the, and through the whole thing it was like he or she he or she it's so much easier just to say they and it it's is. gender neutral and it it's so much you can it, also um there's a big boom right now in gender neutral infant names which is super cool because a lot of the time, like if you were looking for a way to gender it, I suppose you could, but there's a lot of names that are that very much fit within the confines of neither part of the binary. And that way you don't have to throw gender norms right in the lake. Right, and right. And that's a huge thing that, that starts from the moment a baby, well, no, it starts at these gender reveal parties. Which are super transphobic, by the way. By the way. By the way. By the way. It's no business what genitals your baby has. Thank you. That's my TED Talk. Nah. Ah, nah. <laughs> All right. Thank you for your TED Talk. That was informative. We'll, we'll oh have to gosh. get you at TEDx. Oh, my God. Next. That yeah, would that be would, the next thing. That would be awesome. I, so. As a cis person, I am in no way qualified to yell about the misuse of pronouns because it is not something that directly affects me. I am very femme passing. Therefore, probably everyone refers to me as she, her. But I think, you know... But I have a lot of friends that are they, them, and not, and pass as femme, but they're not, they don't identify as femme, and they get misgendered all the time. Well, I, th I think, you know, because, I mean, we are very fortunate. We're white, we're cis. Yes. Um, you know, we identify as female, we look female. Mm -hmm. But I think because of that privilege that we, I think, have a responsibility to... Be proactive to be about good using pronouns and, and to be allies. And no, I, while we can never say we know what that's like, mm -hmm. we can say we stand with you and we support you and this is how we're going to yeah. do it and use our privilege 
as a way to uh, bring attention. Yeah. 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 All right. So moving on here, because mm-hmm. we do have a play. We do have a play. We do have. We love plays. Plays are our love language. It's true. And food. Food, food, So we could plays. have coffee at the play. If we could have coffee at the play with food, that would be yeah, awesome. Yeah, like a little, like a little cheese board. Yeah. Oh, my. Wouldn't I want a that'd, cheese board. That'd be all right. All right. All right. So mm-hmm. let's, uh, here, I have another one for you. Okay. What is something you failed at? Um... That is something I failed at. Nothing. I'm perfect. Nothing. Well, I, you know, as your mother, I would say that. I'm not perfect. No, um, I would say that you're perfect and you've never failed at anything. <laughs> but again, you know, I acknowledge See, my, my bias <laughs> right at the beginning of this. Um, See, I think failure is such a speculative construct, right? Like... If we look at it from a gender normative, or not gender, like a societal, normal, constructive point of view, like you could say I failed at college because I dropped out of a four-year program and came home, but I didn't fail at that because I went home for my mental health, took a break, went to work, and have since worked in the same industry for six years. So I didn't fail that. Well, at the time, though, did it feel like a failure? Yes and no. Like, yes, it felt like I was giving up, but also I had nothing but support. And I and I talk about it after the fact. It's like people are like, oh, well, why'd you leave? And I said, well, I had a mental breakdown and I needed to go home. It was not the right time for me to be at school. And now my partner and I have talked about going out to visit the East Coast and, like, go back to that area and... I'm like, yeah, let's do it now. Like, now I'm actually, like... And he's he's talked about moving there at some point. And I'm like, yeah, now that I've, you know, been through this mental leg, I could totally move out back out there and do it again. So, again, don't feel like I failed that one. Um, I would totally visit you on the East Coast. It would be lovely, I think. Yeah. Charlie and I talked about getting, like, a goat. Oh, that's not fair. Luring me out there with goats. And a chicken. Oh. Well, we had to get, like, we talked about getting, like, four or five chickens because you need, like, four or five chickens. It's for the eggs? No, but you, they're social animals. They need groups. Yes. Um, I think... Plus, it would lure your mother out there to visit you. <laughs> I think... I've, I'm thinking about, like, time, like, I may have failed at my past relationship, that, come, that comes to my mind a lot. Like, oh, I wasted, like, five years with this one person who was really abusive. And um, did I fail? I lost a lot of friendships, blah, blah, blah. But I think I came out of that with much bigger mental fortitude. Um, I have people that were with me in that time that stayed my friends. And the weak ones weeded themselves out. So again, I don't think I failed there. I think a lot of these things like felt like failures in the moment, but as I get older and think about it more, like there's just lessons. If you think, like I said, if you think about it as like failure as like society pressure, the external, yeah, you like know, external the external expectations. Pressure. Well, yeah, and like again, I said when I was 18, like you don't have to go to a four-year school. You're like you're still going to learn just as much, if not more. <laughs> you know, just just so you know what that noise was, it was a very large ship just docking. It sounded like the boat farted. It did. <laughs> it's still and, farting. And there, there, it's going again. Um, Clearly the boat has had 
cheese for the first time in its in its young life. It's a very very large. In fact, I think we would call this a ship. This is not a boat. Are you sure? I don't know. It's very large. It's true. I was gonna say, like, if you think about, I don't know. Like, obviously, I will not say, say like, I've never failed at anything. I've always done the right thing. That's not true. But I've definitely done the right thing in the moment that could have been perceived as something that was incorrect. Well, and I think, too, with perspective, if you look back, sometimes the things at the time were, like, the most catastrophic and worst things that you thought could ever happen mm -hmm. turned out to be the biggest gifts or the greatest learning opportunities. And that comes with perspective. They talk about, do they talk about that in AA where like you think you get to rock bottom and that's where the recovery starts? Yeah, it, it becomes a foundation that you, uh, you come up from. Yeah, and that's what, um, that's what we talked about in um, the inpatient group was like, okay, you've probably hit rock bottom. That's probably why you're here. But like, this is the place where you can grow the most. And now you can do it all over again. There we go. So as, as Pema Chodron says, fail, fail again, fail better. Fail better, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, like I so said, I'm perfect. You so are perfect. Ab perfect. Absolutely perfect. And she can cook. I can uh, cook. I know. So is there anything that I didn't ask you that you want to talk about before this boat makes another loud noise? <laughs> um, I will say that it there's a, there's a movement... And we, talk about, we talked about it in the Gay-Straight Alliance at my high school. We talked about it in several groups in college. Um, there's a, it, it's called the It Gets Better movement. And lots of people originally started as a person, like a queer person saying, like, after high school, it gets better. Like, here's how it got better. And then it's like they're, like, uh, Kesha did a video about It Gets Better. Um, and I will say that recovery is exactly like it's as much as what's the word i'm searching for it's like however you perceive your recovery is still valid so like no i never had a drinking problem no i never had like a proper eating disorder no i never had like xyz like i never was dependent on hard drugs or something where people are like oh yeah like you're recovering but like mental illness is still very much something you recover from and something you do recovery work for every day um and it's also something that you do it's such a funny sound i know um, i know it's also like you can be like one week free of self-harm you can be four years free of self-harm and it's still like a valid recovery absolutely yeah. and i think people talk about their recovery less when they think it's being marginalized like oh i never had this so it's not that big of a deal so it's not a real thing you yeah. know because you uh you, do, you don't have a, a a very prominent 12 step group to go from yeah but you can still and what i ended up doing actually with your um foresight was to use the 12 step program to get over my abusive ex so it's like using that program to be like okay I've gotten here I realize I have a problem I realize this person is the problem I just formatted it differently so that it pertained to me which is what which is ideally what you would do for everything programs right? like that yeah I yeah. mean 
All right. I wish you'd ask me where my favorite dessert was in the city. Oh, okay. Well, let's finish up. Where is your favorite dessert in the city? Because you know me on dessert. Um, it's actually right now. It's the pie shop that I work at. Oh, what's that pie shop it's called? It's called Hoosier Mama Pie Shop. It is the best pie. It's been in the West Town and Evanston for 10 years. And right now we are transitioning into our uh, Thanksgiving menu and our Thanksgiving prep. So, if you want to know more about that, you can ask my mom, who will then ask me, who will, would you like assistance? No, nope, um, we're good. We're good. Technical stuff. Um, so, if you would like information on that. Yeah, and I will, I will put a link in the show notes. There we go. Perfect. Yeah. Um, I also would like to throw out, um, there's a person I used to go to church with a very, very long time ago who just got their own storefront in Chicago doing vegan desserts. And um, the shop's called Pie Pie, My Darling. And it's vegan cake, vegan pie. They serve it at Handlebar, actually. Why haven't we been there? Uh, because she literally just got it, like, two weeks ago. All right, so next week then? Well, we'll see where she goes. But right now, you can. she does pop-ups where she does cake jars. And she does seasonal cakes at Handlebar. So Awesome. Um, but yeah, I've, I've just realized that she was someone I knew, so. Vegan cake jars, that sounds like a big win to me. It's really, really cool, so. Right. Yes, well, I thank you for interviewing me. Well, thank you so much for, oh, here comes the boat. All right, we're gonna go up to our play now. Oh yeah, we are. But yeah, this is uh, Ruth Day, and again, I am here with the amazing Catherine Elliott. Oh my gosh. And now we're gonna go do- Stop, I my know. ego. Oh, she's so You're fabulous. You from space. <laughs> I'm wearing a hat. She does, she has a very cool hat on. Oh my gosh, thank you. All right, and so we're gonna go into the uh, Shakespeare Theater now and do one of our favorite things. So thank you so much for listening to our interview. Have a wonderful rest of your whatever day, evening, morning. And, You're uh, going to crush this week, guys. You are going to crush it. Yeah. We'll yeah. talk soon. Thanks. Maybe you're in recovery. Maybe you're coming out of recovery. Maybe you're sober curious. Listen to this podcast. See what you think. If it resonates with you, hop on a call. Go to chatwithruth.com. Click the 30-minute clarity call, and we can talk. I'm Ruth. I'm the recovery coach. Thank you so much for spending part of your day with me. We'll talk soon.